Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Phil and I are back again to talk beneficiary mistakes and we've got uh, top five, I don't know if they're top five, but we definitely have five. Uh, that you yeah. want to you know make sure that you're and some of these feel are pretty easy to fix mm-hmm. right so but yeah uh, they're all pretty easy to fix if you fix it early okay be, before the beneficiary uh elections come into play i mean once you're gone yeah yeah you know if, if these are in there it is what it is so yeah and, and you can cause your your loved ones your estate your whatever unnecessary mm-hmm. costs and pains in the tush and all sorts of stuff and again they're really easy fixes so this is a pretty easy quick podcast this week i think just to kind of point out some stuff that's very simple to do sometimes people feel like the financial world or getting older and and all that kind of stuff it gets it gets really complicated and they kind of feel bogged down by it so these are just some simple easy things you can do to correct a few things that won't hopefully spoil your retirement strategy yep yeah, if they're if they're caught early and and taken care of, all's yeah. good. Well, good. You doing all right? Doing really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're good. warming up here. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy weather, but I, it's all over the map. Yeah, <laughs> at the time we're taping this, it's seventy today, uh, and uh, this weekend it'll be twenty five. So yeah, we're supposed to hit fifty, and it's like what, this is this is February. What's going on? You know? What are you doing? All right, so let's get into the top five here, or at least the five. I don't know why I keep saying top five, but we got five. Number one, naming minors as beneficiaries. Uh, this can certainly add a few wrinkles into some different things for various reasons. Give us a few to think about here, Phil. Yeah, so the the first one, I mean, if you do name a minor um, and they, in fact, inherit the money, you passed away and they become a beneficiary, um, they can't hold the money. So, I mean, it, right. it automatically, it's a ticket to probate automatically. Um, because probate's going to have to be set up for the minor. You, you know, there, you have to go through the whole probate process for the minor. There's a guardian at litem right. they're called. Um, I know this because I went through this with my son. We had adopted who was uh, my wife's nephew and okay. he had inherited some money from his dad or his grandfather. So, right. yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it is just a hassle and costly because you got to pay the guardian at litem, pay the court every year for filing Okay. You know, so okay. whoever whoever your trustee or executor of the um, the will is, you know, going to have to take care of this, or whoever you've named as the the guardian for that minor, yeah, you know, is going to have to deal with this, and it's going to cost money, right? So part of the money that you've left to cover or to go to this beneficiary is going to be gone. Sorry, so bear um, that in mind. And yeah, I, I'm going to flip these, Phil, because I think sure. this next one leads better into it than the, the mm-hmm. one we had for number two. We'll still get to it. Uh, not naming an alternate or successor beneficiary. This could go in tandem with the minor and help correct that problem, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you didn't name an alternate, let's say, um, in, depending on how you name somebody, I mean, it might end up in the minor's uh, hands anyways. Right. You right. know, so I mean, if, if you've named somebody, option, right? Right. Yeah. If you've if named somebody per stirpes or capita, it depends on if they've passed and what their share does. And if, if it's following their bloodline, so it goes to their, your grandkids. So you name your, your son, daughter as a beneficiary. Right. And, you know, you set it up per capita where um, is the default. Okay. Then it goes to the remainder of the beneficiaries. You disinherit the grandkids, but if you name it per stirpes, and your son or daughter has passed away, it's going to follow. Oh, thank you for explaining that. Bloodline. Yeah, I was going to ask. So now you've got to be careful. I'm pretty sure I'd have to check the verify, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Per capita means 
per head count, basically. So whoever's left of the, of the primaries gets it. it. You know, so I mean, that you got to be really careful. But ultimately, I mean, you cannot even name a minor as a beneficiary. You know, you've just named your kid. You didn't name a contingent, though. Right. And now all of a sudden, their share ends up following their bloodline. If they got grandkids, well, it goes to their estate. Now it's in probate again. Gotcha. Okay. You know, so you've got to be really careful and, and kind of think it through how you want this to happen. Um, you know, a lot yeah. of times for that scenario, if you have minors, the, the couple of options. I mean, first is name somebody else, you know. So if you've got a niece, nephew, brothers, I mean, whoever, you name it, a relative that you would trust right. to handle the money for the minor. I mean, that's one option. The challenge with that is there's no legal binding um, obligation on that individual, right? So if you name your brother, let's say whoever it is, you know, sure. to, you know, if you pass, it goes to them and you tell them, hey, my intention is I want this money to go to uh, my grandkids and they inherit the money. I mean, their name's the beneficiary and it's theirs, frankly. I mean, from yeah. the court standpoint, it's theirs. So you better really trust that person to, to follow what you wanted. And yeah. it's now going to create some potential tax problems for them, depending on the type of asset. If it's an IRA, now it's taxable to them. Right, right. So it just makes it really messy. I mean, your better option, if there's minors, is going to be using some kind of a, a trust, you know, to um, hold the money. Yeah. And I want to get to that one. So, too. Yeah. 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 So the, the mind, you know, I be very careful naming directly a minor as a beneficiary. Just know okay. the the wrinkles. If something happens, it's going to be um, time. You know, it's going to take time because it's going to be in probate until they're eighteen and cost money. So, but that's do yourself justice yeah. and just you know walk yourself through it, think it out, have it on the paper, then it's done. You don't have to worry about it and, and review it. And yeah, we'll and they're that, easy but, fixes. Yeah, yep. they're, and they're easy fixes. And speaking of the review, it the next one, number three, is mm-hmm. uh, not coordinating your your BDs beneficiary designations with your will. Uh, right. I, every advisor I know has a story of oh, yeah. somebody coming in and an ex spouse is on something somewhere. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's like it doesn't matter what your will says, and it doesn't matter that you know that your new wife or husband is on there. You left that other person as the BD. That's what the court says. That's who gets right. it. Right. I was going to say that there's like three ways assets can tra- transfer. Right. It's it's according to your will, which is the will is nothing more than direction to to the probate court what you want to have happen. So right. you really don't want that. Can pass by trust. You know, so it flows through a trust. You know, or there's the beneficiary designation, and beneficiary designation is the trump card. So it like you know to your point here, it doesn't matter what all the other documents say irrelevant i mean if yep. if the beneficiary designation doesn't put it in the trust doesn't matter what the trust says you know so i mean it, you can leave it to whoever you want in the will give direction there to the probate court but if there's a beneficiary designation that asset's never going to make it to probate so, and we tend to think about just insurance policies or something like that but this goes for other accounts as well phil and it's yeah, an easy I mean, there's thing. iras 401ks i mean roth annuities insurance um yeah. you, you can have tra- what's called transfer on death or tod's yeah. which is basically putting a beneficiary on non-retirement accounts you know bank accounts i mean it just the list goes on so yeah, and you I, need you need to review these on a regular basis yeah. you know have a list here's my accounts here's the beneficiary designations and make sure they're on there yeah and i had to, and i always forget i think i always forget one of them but the the 
at least the four D's anyway, is a good way to remember to double, double check these things. If you have a death in the family, right. uh, if you have a disability in the yep. family, uh, if you have a divorce, divorce, you know, yeah. and then at least once a decade was the way someone taught me. Yeah. I mean, later, it, but yeah, I, I recommend just reviewing them even annually, just run through yeah. it, you know, just look at them, you know, here's what it is. Have a list. Right. Um, you know, and then you want to periodically, probably not every year, but, um, call the the custodians, you know, or, or make sure you've got like a statement, not all statements list beneficiaries. Yeah. You know, but if nothing else, call the custodian and confirm because I can't, can't tell you how many times that unfortunately that happens too, right? A custodian changes their computer system or whatever happens on their end. And all of a sudden they right. don't have the right beneficiary or a beneficiary period. And I mean, now you better hope that somewhere in your files or the advisor's files or, you know, in that binder you have that holds all the, you know, uh, wills and trusts and that you've got that paper signed document that shows there was a beneficiary designation yeah. name. It just creates problems, right? So yep. all of this headed off, have a list. Here's my accounts. Here's the beneficiaries. Review it to make sure nothing's changed. And periodically, yeah, not every year, maybe five years, call the custodians and, you know, verify well, who do you have as beneficiary to make sure that again, they still have it in their system. So, yeah, and it's an easy, it's an easy update. Doesn't really it, cost you anything. It's super correct. Fast. And that way, if you've got, let's say, oh, I don't know, a son-in-law named Brandon on there for your Corvette, you don't want to leave that to him anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, if they take you off, you can take them off. You can put it back on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We, 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 we're going to make this a running gag this season to, to pick on Brandon and the Corvette. There we go. Uh, uh, all right, so let's go to, to to an estate. So naming your estate mm -hmm. as a beneficiary, obviously this is probably the more complicated one of, of the thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about trusts and stuff, so just kind of walk us through a little bit what an estate means and then what happens if you do that. Estate's kind of like the default, right? I mean, it, it you can pass things through the state. I mentioned a will, so a will is really your direction to the probate court as far as how you want things done. Yeah, I love you that. You want to get assets, whatever it is. But I mean, it 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 doesn't avoid anything. It's just your wishes. If in I mean, the, kind of the worst case of all, you don't name a beneficiary. If you look at your custodial documents in the documents, way deep in there somewhere, it's going to have a default beneficiary designation, which is going to be typically your estate. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't name anyone by default, that's going to end up in your estate. Right. In probate. And even if you didn't leave a will, now the probate court has a set of laws every state has them called the laws of intestacy, meaning, okay, I died, left no direction. So every probate state or every uh, state in their probate law has, here's what happens. You know, usually it kind of follows bloodline. If you're married, goes to the spouse, th those kind of things. So, so yeah, you don't, you don't want things to go to an estate. It's just, it costs money. It costs time. Yeah, you know that you've got to pay attorney to open the probate, run it through there. It's all public. I mean, they've got to publish your, yeah. your name, and, and if you, whoever if got debt, thinks they've got a claim can make a claim against right. the estate. I mean, it's yeah. just this whole process. And you know, you're talking six months is quick. It's you know nine months to a year, depending on what's going on. Could be longer, especially yeah. if there's claims issued. And yeah, so it's it's you want to avoid it at all cost. Yeah, that's a good point because, yeah, if, you know, once it goes public, if there's creditors, they're going to come sniffing. And, and sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I, I don't need a trust. I can't afford a trust. I'm not rich enough for a trust or whatever. 
and we've covered that before, but it's worth mentioning again. It's like, yeah. you don't have to be a Rockefeller to have a trust, right? I mean, right. many people could benefit from a trust. So it's worth asking. It may not be the right fit for you. Yeah. And, expensive. and we should have said this in the beginning. So I'm not an attorney. This isn't legal advice type of scenario, but right. you know, I, I do enough uh, estate planning discussions and I know how all this works to, to work with clients. I can't draft the documents. The reality is to me where a trust would fit then too, is if you don't trust, right? So you yeah. named a beneficiary, you don't really want them to get X amount of money at whatever time, right? So maybe they're still a minor, maybe they're not, maybe they're 18, you know, in right. their teens in college, you know, so now you can give trustees the the um, orders of this is when and how and what the money is to be used for, you know, and then at certain ages, they get it, um, you know, or you want to protect it. I mean, is another type of scenario, if, if you're concerned with the, maybe the marital um, situation for one of your kids and, and you don't want to leave the money to them directly, because if they get divorced, it's part of their marital estate now and could go to the expo. I mean, there's all these different scenarios that, you know, trust might fit into, but. Yeah. That's a good point with that one too. Right. Cause we get, sometimes get that when people say, well, should I leave my, you know, I'm getting older. Should I leave the house to the kids, to my yep. son, let's say while I'm still alive. And it's like, no, nah, there's multiple reasons not to do that. They usually it's around like a long-term care issue and, right. or a nursing home. And it's like, well, there's the five-year look back, but there's also just a simple fact that what if, you know, that marriage fell apart now that becomes an asset that that, that uh, you know your son and his estate or your son and his ex-spouse have to go through, right? So right. there's just lots of reasons. Yes, yeah, so, I mean there's a lot of reasons to use a trust. So then the the last part of a trust that often over gets overlooked and um, attorneys don't even get into it is the tax side of it. And so oh, there's okay. a lot of benefits and reasons to have it to control the money, you know, to to make it you know avoid probate, to make it uh, more uh, guided in, in how and when people get uh, assets. But a trust is one of these really unique vehicles is that it's what's called a pass-through entity, meaning as long as it makes distributions, then whatever income it had follows through and goes to that beneficiary, which is ultimately what you want to have happen. You don't want the trust to have to retain income because a trust gets pushed into the top marginal brackets at like 15,000 of income. Oh, okay. Versus an individual, you're you know married couple over 500. So I mean, it's the IRS wow. does not like trusts, you know, so okay. I mean, it, it's don't leave an IRA to the trust unless you have a plan and how that money is going to get out because, you know, or you have to weigh the pro and con of, okay, is it worth losing 37% of it Woo. to taxes um, so that I have the control inside the trust and the beneficiary doesn't, you know, get it for whatever reason or goes pro. So, I mean, there's all these different don't forget the tax side, right? That's that's, that's probably enough tip. to say for here. Have that discussion with your your advisor if they know taxes. If not, talk to a CPA. Um, know that before you get in because you don't want all of a sudden an IRA to get left to a trust. Oh, and by the way, if an IRA is the beneficiary, now you got five years to take it out. It's not ten years. I mean, it's it just changes yeah. the whole picture. So yeah, that's a hefty tax tip right there. So yeah, don't 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 take it lightly. Don't you know attorneys are. They fund them or they set them up. They want them to be funded and absolutely you want it to be used, but 
know the know the tax side of it when it, it when and if it ends up being funded and used. So well, if you're considering a trust or you're thinking about it, then yeah, you need a little team there. Make sure you've got the attorney. Yeah. Make sure you've got the CPA, the financial advisor, right? So all of them, all three of them. And of course, if you're double like Phil, there's two of the three right there. But either way, right? Make sure you've got that little team there to make sure you're you're it's the right fit for you because that's that's a great right. tax tip. So thanks yep. so much for sharing that one, uh, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Last one, again, another easy one. Just make sure there's no errors on the application. Like, just double check stuff. And also, don't forget, people putting stuff in are also human, right? Yeah. You know, just double check everything. So, securities match, you know, addresses, names are spelled correctly. Again, a simple fix, but it can save time and money. Yeah, and that's to the point of you know here's here's the beneficiary designations I want review it on a regular basis check the spelling you know check with the custodian to verify they've still got it all on there um, the yeah. challenge with beneficiary designations and every custodian is a little different but usually the the common is you know who it is the percentage the relationship you know might have solution date of birth but that's probably about it. You know, yeah. not no contact information most of the time. So I right. always, in fact, my clients, I provide a list that's a beneficiary list to say, okay, nice. I, nice. you've named everyone on this list. They'll have their full contact information, you know, just and have it in with your wills and your trust so that whoever's handling this isn't running around, you know, trying to figure out, okay, yeah. how do I get a hold of Aunt Joe and who, you know, whoever it is that, right. you know, whatever, yeah. wh- whoever you've named just so that they can get it, get the the asset to the person that's in, that it's entitled to so yeah no and it's again it's an easy fix because right. you might write down the wrong social security number by one number the person inputting it might swap a six for an eight i mean it's just little easy things happen so just right just double check it and i mean it doesn't mean they're not going to get it it's just another it's just more a roadblock and right, you right. Know, now they've got to go through and prove who they are you know right. so i mean it's just if you have the information on there make sure it's accurate yeah so and I mean, verify verify what they have there you go. So that's just five beneficiary mistakes that might make yep. your retirement or your retirement, you know, or legacy plan a little more messy than it needs to be. Most of these are pretty easy fix. Great easy tip fix, in there yep. about the about the trust. So let's just make sure we we get that stuff done. And of course, if you need help, as Phil said, you're always going to have you know have that estate attorney brought into it. But yep. certainly have your CPA and your financial advisor help you as well. And if yep. you need some help, that's why Phil's here. Reach out to him at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Uh, you can also call him at 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. And with that, we'll catch you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.